Lords, Spectres, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As in the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Welcome back to this week's episode of History of a Haunting. I am Carrie. I am Archie. And I am Laura. She's back. We um we had to have a performance review on Laura, so we didn't have her in last week's show. Um, and we decided she's great and we want her back. So she's back. Yay. <laughs> Just kidding, she had shit to do. <laughs> we're, we're not that. I was gonna we're, say I don't. I don't think I'd pass the performance review, so... <laughs> We're not that professional of a podcast. <laughs> Please come back. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Welcome back. We missed you. Thank you. Uh, we you. covered Lemp Mansion. Mm. Yes. And um, it was a tragic story. Uh, there are no happy stories in this podcast, but this one was actually kind of really <laughs> bad. I'm so sad I missed it. it. <laughs> it wasn't LaLaurie bad, uh, but it was pretty bad. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, the only EVP that I have is that uh, we want to announce to everybody that we have um, new Patreon content that we are bringing everybody. Okay. Uh, every Patreon <laughs> in 2021 um, with the addition of Laura, the three of us got together and we thought that it would be fun to start doing conspiracy theories. And Archie was pretty geeked out about that. He loves a good conspiracy theory. So uh, starting in January, the patrons are going to start getting conspiracy theory stories and we're going to rotate um, who does we are going to rotate the conspiracy theory that we want to pick. So we each get to pick whatever one we want to do. And that person tells the other two about this conspiracy theory. And we discuss and dish on what we think it is. And um, so we'll do one a month. Uh, We're still going to bring you mini episodes as um, we come across them, which we are starting to get a a pretty good stockpile of the mini episodes. Again, they are places that are haunted and deserve to have their story told, but maybe would just be like a, 15, 20 minute episode. So we're still going to do the mini episodes and, um, but now we have this new, new content and I'm pretty excited about it. We had to, uh, bring in, um, a, a fourth person to control all of the conspiracy theories because we want it to be a surprise to the other two. So, uh, we brought in everybody's favorite guest host, Jen DeSimon of the crazy haunted house there in Pittsburgh. And we've been emailing her and texting her. This is a story that I want to do. So yeah, we, we um, recruited Jen. She is going to be our, uh, what do we want to call her? Like our list keeper, moderator, administrative assistant, (laughs) Mm. secretary. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's going to be so pissed when she hears this. <laughs> she is our content coordinator. Ooh. Nice. You know, she used to work for a company, um, a reception desk for a company, a uh, long time ago, but they decided that her title would be Director of First Impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never forgotten, and I still think that that should be her title. Um, so for uh, History of a Haunting, she's going to be our content coordinator. And we send her our ideas, and then that way if, like, another one of us is like, hey, I want to do X, Y, Z, and then she can be like, no, Archie's already reserved that, and we know that we – or not Archie, but if that's already been reserved, then we know to just kind of move on with it. But it's going to be a lot of fun. The person that does their conspiracy theory for the month – Runs the whole show, tells the whole story, the history, the, um, you know, like what happened with the situation and what some of the the best conspiracy theories are. And then we'll just kind of discuss and see what we believe and talk about that. So join us on Patreon. We have two donor levels, $2, $5. And um, you get a bunch of different stuff with a bunch of different level with the two different levels. And it'll be released once a month. The mini episodes will be released. We're going to be coming back with those in March. Uh, no, I'm lying. We're coming back with the mini episodes in April. And let me get moved and situated. <laughs> so, so we hope to do this in April. Yeah, Let's Archie, make, not make promises. Don't make promises. Archie's constantly telling me that. Like, Carrie, stop it, stop it. You, you always fucking your mouth writes checks that our butts can't cash. <laughs> Um, and it's 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 burned us a, a number of times. So the mini episodes are definitely coming back. We're hoping for April. And uh, yeah, so that's that on that. That's the only EVP that I had. Um, do you have anything, Arch? Um, only that our uh, the topic we're discussing today has introduced me to my new favorite word. <gasps> and, and I'll let you know that when we come to it. It's mine too. I love it. How about you, <laughs> Laura? Anything you want to? EVP and those vocal prattle you've got? I don't have anything. No? No. No. Okay. Meh. Meh. Okay. Uh, well, then let's get right to it. Arch, jump right in. Let Laura and the peoples know where we're taking them today. And then please, please go into a lot of in-depth explanation about your association with this location. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, kids, we are going to the Eloise Asylum in Wayne County, Michigan, United States of America. Yay. Also, I do want to say, I do have, I do want to say, sorry, Arch. <laughs> this is what I was telling you. I was like, there's something I want to say, but I don't re- quite remember. The minute you said it, I remembered. This is a listener suggestion. Um, our friend Christina suggested this several months ago, and we had actually put it on the rotation, and then we bumped it because... We had just done Penhurst Asylum, and that was for our anniversary episode, and that was such a heavy hitter and a big fat downer that we were like, let's give the folks a break from asylums. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that that explains why I saw so many visited links when I started my research. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we decided to to bump this one um, a a couple of weeks because Penhurst was a big, big downer. But so, uh, Christina, thank you so much for the suggestion. And then Archie and I, um, we received one of the most lovely emails that we have ever received from a listener. Her name is Margaret. And um, 
it, she was just talking about how she just recently discovered us and she has been binge listening to us. She uh, says that she feels like she's hanging out with friends when she listens to us and she really enjoys it. Um, and it, 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 it made our, our day. It really yeah, made our day. It totally did. Yeah. Um, so Margaret, thank you so much. We, we, we love you. And, we are so happy that uh, you feel like you are a part of the gang because you absolutely are. And so to that end, Archie and I would like to dedicate this episode to you. In absolutely. Okay, I'm done. Now I swear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't All right, so, so some of the listeners may know that um, after I left Phoenix when I was eight, I uh, was stuck in Southeast Lower Michigan for 21 years. Stuck. So as, <laughs> as this asylum is in Wayne County, which is the same county Detroit is in, I have literally driven past this asylum hundreds of times and never had any clue that it was there or anything. I, I gotta ask how that happens though. I, I mean, you just, I mean, it's on the corner, it's on Michigan Avenue which runs from Detroit to Chicago. And I mean, literally there's a Kroger on the corner at Merriman and it's, it's literally, it's right there. It's like, I know where that Kroger is. is I remember when back, it opened. Is it set back from the road? Like, is it hidden by trees? Like, not, not exactly because the asylum spans both sides of Michigan Ave right there. Mm. Like, if you go on Google Maps and you look at the intersection of Merriman and Michigan Ave, if you look south of Michigan Ave, you will see Eloise Cemetery. And the asylum is on the north side of Michigan Ave. It's, I mean, I was looking at this, it's like, holy shit, I've, been, I've driven by there. I've literally driven by this a hundred times. And, and so you- my friends, like my sister, Amy, Amy, if you're listening, it's Michigan Ave and Merriman. You're like 20 minutes from that. <laughs> it's insane. Wow. That, I, that it's right there and that there's this insane history. And there's no idea. Arch, I, I grew up back that way too. And did you? So I'm sure that, yeah, I lived in Toledo for a while. So, um, and we used to go to Detroit all the time. So I'm sure I've actually driven by it too. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you know about this place, Laura? I've did never you? heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard about it until the previous suggestion. Look at HOH podcast dropping knowledge on it. The hosts. <laughs> From other people's suggestions. I'll tell you what, man. You know what? A good podcast, though, lives and dies by listener suggestions, I think. I, I would agree. Because, I mean, you know. Well, there's a lot of regional places out there that we're just, you know, not going to know about. That somebody from maybe back there would know. Well, yeah, like Archie. Well, <laughs> we're gonna discount him out of that. <laughs> I mean, I should know too, but I, yeah, I've never heard of it. So. <laughs> I guess people that pay attention, maybe. <laughs> Probably. You know what? I'm giving you guys a bunch of shit, but I didn't know about this place either until Christina had said, "Oh, I watched a movie about Eloise Asylum, and it's based in a real place." And I'm like, "What? Seriously?" So yeah, I um. I talk well, a good game, but I didn't know shit about it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I, what I, the information I found was actually found on the tales of Eloise.com. Oh, good. And I mean, it's like 
pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of the history. Mm -hmm. So I really, I mean, I got it down to a page and a half on a Word document. Yeah. But I mean, there, and also there's a lot of monotony and legal papers and yeah. So I tried to get it as concise as I could. I think, um, I mean, everybody's familiar with asylums and how mental health was in the 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, they, and it was the same no matter what place you're talking about, whether you're talking about Danvers State or Dixmont or Trans-Allegheny or Eloise or, it it was the same conditions, it was the same everything, but I I really, um, so Archie always sends me his history prior to the recording so that I know what to base my haunting portion off of and what to include that he didn't. Generally, it's the shitty, ucky, yug, ugly stuff. <laughs> Chicken shit. And um, <laughs> I just know um, that you love that. So. I do. Um, but you always do such a, a wonderful job. This is what our third asylum now. I think oh, we God, did Trans Allegheny. <laughs> We did Trans-Allegheny. We've done um, Penn State. I think this is our third. But you always do an exceptional job of talking about the history specifically to the location. Um, And so that we're not constantly just like recycling, like I said, the same stuff that happens that was happening in in many mental institutions back in the early 1900s. So... um, and this this is is no different. So yeah, jump right into the history, Arch. All right. The history of Eloise begins in Detroit, where a vote of the people on March 8, 1832, under the name of Wayne County Poorhouse, named the institution County House Infirmary. It was then located on Gratiot and Mount Elliott Avenues. After the county purchased the Black Horse Tavern, a Detroit-Chicago stagecoach stop in 1839, which had then become the location of the second county poorhouse. Of the 146 people living in the original poorhouse, only 35 transferred to the new location. The other 111 refused to go into what was then wilderness. (laughs) I can't imagine why. <laughs> right? That's and, fucking weird. And to drive it now, it's, you know, it's it's a metropolitan area. Um, the sanatorium name was applied when the hospital opened an outdoor treatment center for tubercular patients. The name Eloise Hospital was adopted by the Board of Superintendents of the Poor on August 18, 1911. It would later become, again, the Wayne County Asylum. The term Eloise was originally used because the United States government set the post office located in the general office building, and it was named Eloise after some, I mean, I mean, I, I should have included this, but at the time I thought it was irrelevant, but the name of the daughter of one of the people involved was named Eloise, and they needed to come up with a name on the fly, so he just said his daughter's name, basically. Yeah, and I think I had read somewhere that she was, like, like five years old, so it wasn't like she was a grown woman that could be like, please don't name that after me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what a lovely tribute. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Laura Asylum <laughs> for the insane. <laughs> At least that would make more sense. <laughs> well, um, Eloise evolved over time and expanded, and by the 1930s, 
There were 78 buildings on almost 1,000 acres of land. As the others, it was a self-sufficient community within Westland Township. It had its own dairy farm. Here's my favorite word, piggery. Yes, I love it, piggery. <laughs> I love which, it. Which is, a, it's, a, it's a pig farm. <laughs> I want a piggery. Uh, <laughs> they had greenhouses, a fire department, power plants, bakeries. The pigs, the pigs had all this? Yes, the pigs had all that too. In their piggery, great. <laughs> and like I said, it had its very own post office. The main building called the, quote, N building was over 380,000 square feet and housed 7,000 in indigent persons. Over 3,000 of them actually working throughout the large complex. Eloise was not only a general hospital and housing unit for the poor of Wayne County, but it is commonly referred to as the, quote, crazy hospital. <laughs> Eloise was a facility for mentally disturbed patients. And the small Eloise Museum located inside of the K. Beard building, still standing on Michigan Avenue, are artifacts including leather arm restraints. Eloise also had a section for a morgue. It is said that there are 7,145 former Eloise residents buried in the old Eloise Cemetery, which is located on the south side of Michigan Avenue, just across from the K. Beard building. The last and right next to the Kroger. No. No. Oh. Kroger's, Kroger's on the north side. Oh, okay. The last Where burial... the dead people on the south side, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the last burial is said to have occurred in January of 1948. Hmm. Well, that's a bad time to dig a grave, but okay. I was just going to say, that couldn't have been easy. <laughs> <laughs> there was no distinction between the rational and the insane inmates in the county house until March 22nd, 1841. It was this date that the first of five patients were registered as insane. Um, the first of those five, her name was Bridget Hughes, an Irish immigrant. She remained a patient here until her death on March 8th, 1895. It is likely that she's buried among the indigent in Eloise Cemetery. Probably. During these first years, there was at least one and possibly two buildings located northeast of Building C. They were constructed to house the psych psychiatrically disturbed. The county house was at this time the home of the criminally insane who were sent from the Detroit House of Corrections. For several years, the county house was the only place for an asylum in the state of Michigan. The only, really? division, mm, the only division of patients in the county house was by sex. Other than that, babies, old men, the blind, as well as the insane were all housed together. That's a party. Right? <laughs> Finally, a <summer> party. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, with the assistance of the Wayne County Board of Supervisors insistent on legislation regarding the insane, an act was passed creating a state asylum in 1848. The first asylum was planned on 10 acres of land in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The Have county house, yeah, I lived there for like eight months. Oh, okay. The county house never showed an interest in having a separate psychiatric asylum on the property. However, they did continue to care for the insane and house them as best they could. In 1859, 
the Michigan Asylum in Kalamazoo was ready to receive a limited number of female patients. However, they indicated that only the, quote, curable patients would be housed there. The, Over the, the curable ones? Yeah. When they didn't have any fucking idea even how to treat it, but they were going to cure them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to be clear. That was on the yeah. Electroshock is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not... Only not when you pay ice, for it. Not the ice pick one, though. Yeah, only oh, when no. you pay for it, then it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, the number of insane people housed at the county poor farm increased until it was so intolerable that the hospital board determined to make an effort to provide a separate building for the insane patients, approved the establishment in 1867 of a separate building. In 1868, a two-story brick building was erected, which was 42 feet long, 35 feet deep, with the 57 feet of frontage. It was located 290 feet west of the main county house. East and west wings were added in 1876, and in 1881, the management of the asylum was transferred to a professional physician. I'm sorry, when? 1881. And the first... It was transferred to a professional physician? For the first time, yeah. And the first patient showed up in 1841. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the doctors didn't show up for 40 years? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. That's great. Yeah. Doctor- that might be a bit of a difference between Eloise and other... Yeah, yeah kind, of, kind of a little bit. Dr. E.O. Bennett and his wife were employed as medical superintendent and matron. After serving 19 years, Dr. Bennett retired and was replaced by Dr. John J. Marker. Marker's first act was to erect a second asylum building, and that was in the year 1900. Guys, we're too many of these people. We need another building. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, good. Get them away from the babies and, you know, the... Yeah, it took somebody else coming in to say, this is unacceptable. We need another building. So, good. Yeah. In 1882, the population of the asylum was 307 patients, 224 of them resident patients. Okay. In 1887, a special building was constructed which combined the insane wards, the administrative headquarters, and the chapel. In 1885, the state of Michigan passed a law for the insane, which basically stated any insane person continuously housed by the county of two years or more would become a state-charged patient thereafter. So that that means like a ward of the state? A ward of the state. Okay, okay. This law was amended in 1891, stating that any insane person committed by a judge could be committed directly to the Wayne County Asylum. However, none would be confined there if there was room in the state asylum. But the state asylum could return patients to the county when their beds were full. It's a lot of fucking red tape, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of red tape, a lot of circles, a lot of bullshit. So it's the same as it is now, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing's changed. No. <laughs> Yay, progression. Yay. <laughs> there was a devastating fire in 1892 at the Eastern Michigan Asylum located in Ypsilanti, a city I lived in and love. Okay, all right, help me out. You said Ypsilanti? Yep, Ypsilanti. So like IP, not Ypsilanti. No, it's Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I. 
but it's pronounced Ips. But it's pronounced Ipsy, Ipsilanti. Okay, all right. Aaron, you don't need to write that down. <laughs> um, a large number of the patients were then moved to Eloise. The following year was the purchase of the Katy farmland and a, quote, women's building erected west of the first asylum building. Over the years, there were additions, updates, and more buildings added to the main asylum area. By 1907, alcoholics and drug addicts were maintained in state and county hospitals. The population in... Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll be seeing you shortly. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) The population in 1913 was 576, with an employment of 22 males and 44 female attendants. By 1923... Just 10 years later, the population had grown to 1,700 patients and additional buildings were erected. The first in 1921, another in 1923 with a new dairy barn and enlargement of the power plant. Wait, did they get the pigs okay? I think the pigs were fine. Okay. But they didn't get another piggery, I'm told. Oh, I mean, this is this is stupid. Archie's part is done. Okay, Archie the ghost. <laughs> well, I'm actually on my last paragraph. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, Archie's part Bye. is almost done. The last psychiatric patient to leave Eloise was in 1979. Wow. Yeah, the last building standing on the property is the K Beard Building, um, which is a small museum run by Frank Rembizes. Excuse me? Rembizes, R-E-M-B-I-S-Z, who was also the director of the Wayne County Office on Aging. So, Uh, Laura, any ideas on how to pronounce that name? Ypsilanti. (laughs) (laughs) Kalamazoo. (laughs) 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 Okay, sorry, Arch, sorry. Wow. And that's what I've condensed all of their 1,400 pages of history down to. That was a great job. That was a really great job. Um, Laura, thoughts, feelings, emotions, snark, sarcasm, what you got? Not a lot. I mean, it's really, I mean, all the asylums we all know are really terrible. So there's just not a lot of upside to the history of them. It's I pretty mean, much it's- like shit was bad. Oh, then it got worse a little bit, and then it got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it got worse again, <laughs> and then they changed a lot, and it still sucks. So then, no. Yeah. What, what impressed me about this location is the fact that when new people did come into power, they realized that they were operating over capacity and tried their best to expand. Yeah, which is very unlike the other locations we've talked about. It is very unlike the other locations we talked about. Um, I also, for, I think I forgot Dixmont in that list. We have covered Dixmont in a uh, mini episode for the Patreons, but it, it's one of the largest asylums in the United States, or it was one of, with 78 buildings. Like I think Pennhurst only had 40 something. Yeah. And this was over a thousand acres. That's huge. That's huge. Those pigs in that piggery made some money. <laughs> They made some bank. They made some bank with that bakery, that dairy. <laughs> Milking the cows, bacon bread. Bacon bread. <laughs> Those cute little pigs. <laughs> I'm sorry, piggery is just like the best word. I, it's my favorite word right now. I absolutely love it, yeah. 
Yeah, Laura's right. It doesn't it doesn't get better. It 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 starts with hope and then it just kind of spirals into chaos and then it closes. And yeah. then it's abandoned and then it's haunted and then it's demolished. <laughs> and so far I haven't read anything horrific. I'm sure that's going to change with your portion. <laughs> it's it good is. like that. I'm good like that. I'm good like that. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't have any upside to any of this. Uh, so we will get into the ghosts um, right after this word from one of our buddy cod cod pasts. No. Wow. <laughs> and so again. That was a good one. Say Perry yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Maybe it'll get you back on the track. Woof. All right, everybody, please listen to this, <laughs> to this promo for one of our buddy podcasts, Reverie True Crime. <laughs> My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can become nightmares. Come join me and get lost in horrific reverie about true crimes and eerie events. Reverie True Crime Podcast, available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. All right, guys, let's get into the ghosts of this place. Um, I've got to be honest, Archie and I were texting throughout the week, um, and I was getting a little nervous because most all of the the sources that I usually hit up for the hauntings of places that we cover uh, were dry on the hauntings with this location. And I'm like, Archie, I think we we might have to scrap it because I can't find anything. I'm starting to get a little nervous. They, they would touch on some of the, the, the hauntings. They would really go into a lot of, of detail about the history of the place. Um, and that would be like majority of the article or a majority of the show that I was watching. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. And, and then at the end, it would be, uh, it, yeah, there are, you know, doors slam and, and we hear screams and we scream and then the end. and and i'm like "Uh uh-oh well that's kind of that's kind of a fucking problem um (laughs) so uh they had made a movie about the the asylum and i'm like i can't like i couldn't find any hauntings but let me tell you in detail about the movie uh i couldn't do that so (laughs) I kind of went on a super deep dive and then I, I actually ended up finding a gold mine of, of, of stuff uh, with regard to the hauntings of this place. And um, I, I definitely want to go there. Unfortunately, I can't. Uh, and I'll tell you why at the end of my part. So I got my stuff from freep.com. Have you ever heard of this site, Archie? I heard that. Yeah, it's Detroit Free Press. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's their website. Okay, okay. So freep.com, wikipedia.com. Again, I encourage everybody to make even a $2.75 donation to Wikipedia because they are amazing and lovely. And um, if it's made you smarter, then you owe them the $2.75, in my opinion. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> I also went to click on Detroit.com and uh, DetroitParanormalExpeditions.com. In addition to, I got some information from uh, a couple of podcasts. One is called This Podcast is Haunted, which I love this podcast. It's amazing. I recommend everybody listen to it after they listen to us, of course. And then also the Grave Talks podcast. Um, that was really amazing as well. So um, I want to start my part with this uh, quote that I found on one of my articles. It says, quote, in places like psychiatric hospitals, jails, prisons, there's a lot of emotional energy that can stick around. People go through a lot of challenging, hard situations when they're in places like that. And sometimes the energy stays embedded. And I think of all the things that we have covered, all the places that we have covered, um, hospitals, hotels that were once hospitals, prisons, jails, uh, asylums, things like that, that, that is very true. And I feel like everybody listening, and certainly all the, th the three of us, have gone through such strong emotional upheaval that it, it, it almost, it doesn't sound unreasonable that some of that emotional energy could be trapped in a location, especially if we were to, like, die in that location. I just feel that, um, that that's one of the strongest reasons for a haunting. What are your thoughts on that? I think if there is a haunting, I agree. You know, I could definitely see it being more where people went through, suffered, you know, had bad experiences, bad deaths, feeling unresolved, right? Right. Any sort of like trauma, emotional trauma kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be like at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, you know? Oh, which by the way, there are ghosts there. Um, and we did an episode on it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but those are people that died kind of sadly. <laughs> tragically right. uh arch what about you what do you think i i tend to agree yeah yeah the more places have people with such highly charged emotions or feelings who die tragically may very well leave an imprint yeah yeah so as archie had mentioned um just kind of recapping that in its prime eloise consisted of 78 buildings on 902 acres with 10,000 patients at its peak, along with 2,000 staff. Uh, so just, you know, I'm terrible at math. You guys do that. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it was the largest psychiatric facility in the United States. Um, unfortunately, today, only five of those 78 buildings and the Eloise Cemetery remain. Some of the benefits of um, being at Eloise was um, the insulin and electroshock therapy, psychotherapy, occupational, physical, and music therapy. Music therapy was actually, the hospital was the very first hospital to start this. Um, also recreational therapies. Now I do wanna kind of put a caveat on here. The insulin and electroshock therapy was um, considered, when it first came about, it was considered very, progressive like let's keep in mind that in the you know 30s 40s and 50s they didn't know they were just trying like kind of whatever and they were getting some positive results from those two therapies it wouldn't be until much later on that they realized the positive results that they were getting were then diminishing the brain capacity in other ways but it, i mean you know it, it was it was um it was a benefit at 
the time in the early 19 to mid 1900s. Um, the recreational therapies I thought was amazing. Uh, those included teaching um, patients to, you know, farm, um, asking those pigs in the piggery, you know, let us help you out. Let us, let's, let us feed you. Let us, you know, uh, <laughs> let us help you build your empire. Let us help you build your <laughs> empire. We want to work for the pigs. Uh, <laughs> it also included uh, sewing and working in the laundry and maintenance. Uh, they had, they even had a coffee shop that the patients could work in. So they taught them how to like make the different types of coffees and like, you know, sell the coffee it was it was really fabulous the idea behind that um being that it is extremely beneficial to teach people skills so that they can get better in their health and become productive dignified and proud members of society um and so for to that end i i actually i i actually kind of have to applaud eloise asylum because we don't often talk about that kind of stuff. Like they just, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of the asylums that we have covered have sort of, you know, nah, well, you're here and yeah, pretty much descended into chaos right off the bat, right off the bat. Yeah. So everything that I, I read and I read a lot, um, they, they really did try to better the lives of the folks that were there. Um, I do kind of also want to point out that, we shouldn't forget that the word asylum itself means a place of refuge and protection. Mm -hmm. It's it's only in the last handful of decades that it's become this negative derogatory thing. It's become uh, stigmatized for sure. A thousand percent. I can't I, like, I, I think, I think as, as, as um, prolific and purposeful as the documentary on Pennhurst asylum suffer the little children was, I think that that, because that, when was that, Archie, in the late 60s, early 70s that that came out? Something like that, yeah. I think that before that came out, and it was such a, a, a momentous thing, this documentary that was done, I think that everybody prior to its, its release was just blissfully ignorant. They didn't know what was going on in the mental institutions in the country. They didn't care. It didn't affect them. Mm -hmm. Fine. Penhurst really it really shone a light on that. And it actually, that they, they aired footage of some of the patients and um, the conditions they were living in, but also some of the behaviors that they were exhibiting. So I think that is the point where the word asylum got this, this stigma, this negative connotation to it. And it became associated with people that are, that are crazy, that are, you know, you got to put them away, keep them away from the rest of society. This is terrible. This is awful. We don't want them sent them to the asylum. I, it's one of the reasons situations like this is one of the reasons that I hate the word autistic. I never use that word um, because whenever somebody hears that word, they automatically think Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Mm. And there's a reason why it's called the autism spectrum there's a, there's a variety and a, and a range of, of different types of autism that an individual can have uh, from the very high functioning to the very low functioning. But the minute somebody says, oh, Carrie, I heard that your son is autistic, it's said with, oh, I'm so sorry. I heard your son is autistic. Mm, 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 no. <laughs> 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 
it drives me really, really nuts. Um, now, granted, autism awareness has come a long way um, since Koi was diagnosed. And oh, it's and been, especially since the 1800s. A thousand percent. Um, Koi was diagnosed in 2005. And so he's had the diagnosis for 15 years now. But no, I never use the word autistic ever, 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 ever. Um, simply because the minute people hear that, they immediately think he's like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why? <laughs> Why? Why are you sorry? It's fine. Um, but anyway, like I said, autism awareness, thanks to things like Autism Speaks and, and especially here in Arizona, Sark, it has come a long way since he was diagnosed, but still, I just don't, I just don't like the word. I never, um, I never use it. And then when I make posts about autism and things like that, and I talk about individuals with autism, it's always the individual with autism. Um, It's one of those things that's really difficult to sort of like erase and kind of retrain people's minds to not make that association. And I feel like the word asylum is the same thing. Um, So let me get down off my autism soapbox. And uh, let's talk well, about. At least, at least you closed that circle, got mm-hmm. it around. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk for five hours about how annoying it has been mm-hmm. on this autism road and all the ignorant fuckers that are on it that you meet. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Let's talk about something better the bad stuff that happened to mm-hmm. Eloise. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bet you want to talk about autism some more, don't you? <laughs> oh, maybe I should have for that cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> fucking told you okay um so lobotomies <laughs> sorry the, the carefree introduction <laughs> i mean like we're about to go skipping down the road <laughs> so sorry oh my god <sighs> i mean i could have said it so lobotomies <laughs> i mean i did try to put sort of a like oh. down hook on it <laughs> oh god i'm crying <laughs> so archie's uh neighbor that he didn't know he had was the first to put this into continuous practice uh apparently and this isn't great um they were con- these lobotomies were conducted down in the tunnels beneath the hospital And decades later, it is uh, reported that jars of brain tissue from the lobotomies have been found. Oh. Oh, my. Gross. (laughs) like, that's all I can choke out. It's just gross. Um, So it is very similar to the Crescent Springs uh, Hotel in Eureka, Arkansas. With the body shoot? (laughs) No, no, that's Waverly Hills. Oh, the Crescent Springs Hotel. That's the one with the fake doctor that like could cure cancer and like gave him like a tonic with watermelon seeds. That guy. Okay. Yeah. So um, not that long ago, there had been, they were expanding something on the hotel property and they dug up a bunch of jars that had fluid in it and like human tissue, fingers and all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's very similar to that. Um, but in addition to what was found in um, Eloise, they also found documents outlining strange medical procedures. So, anywho, um, additionally, the bad stuff, uh, beatings of patients, uh, abuse of patients. So, 
Let's again, go back to math class. We're going to just step out of history here for a minute. We're going to go to math. 10,000 patients to 2,000 staff members. There was no oversight. Yeah. There was none. Um, so patients were abusing patients. Uh, staff was abusing patients. Staff was abusing staff. I mean, it just, like, I could go on. Do you want me to? Sounds like a party to me. <laughs> <laughs> There was something about leather restraints earlier, wasn't there? Yes. Yep. In the museum. (laughs) (laughs) I've got more on some of the stuff that is still in the hospital, which I thought was really fascinating. Um, So in addition to all of this, as Archie says, party. (laughs) Also, he said it in a very sarcastic way. Um, There were... uh, What? I know. Your your peer is the driven snow. How dare you? Um, as with most of these locations, unsanitary conditions of the building and patients, um, overcrowding, 3,500 people in a space meant for 2,500, uh, one third of which had tuberculosis. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Toilets had to be shared. There were not enough beds. So I think Archie, was it Trans-Allegheny? Or was it Penhurst that we had covered a similar situation where they had to share beds on like a rotation? Oh, was Mm it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Patients were bored. They were just kind of like strapped by their leather restraints and just left there. Well, I mean, so obviously with through all this, their conditions worsened, which not surprising. Um, Yeah. To touch on what you had mentioned, Archie, um, children as young as babies were sent there if their parents couldn't care for them or for something really stupid like truancy from school. Like a punishment. Oh, wow. Yeah, and as you mentioned, they were put in with people who were genuinely mentally disturbed and they were left to fend for themselves. I watched a video of children that had been um, admitted there and they were getting physicals by the doctors, and they were like no more than four years old. These children, that either their parents couldn't take care of them or what have you. Um, Most of the people died from tuberculosis, but also from suicide. So there were a lot of hangings, jumping out of windows, and taking pills. Uh, I did watch a documentary where the owner of the facility says that now you can see cages on the radiators that were put there so that the patients could not hang themselves. They couldn't get, Uh. yeah. Um, There's also an old hydrotherapy tub on the fifth floor. Reports, uh, medical reports that they found in this building, abandoned building, show that a 12-year-old girl died in one of them, and she is subsequently buried in that cemetery you were talking about. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, It has always actually kind of amazed me that, that when these places close up, that people just up and leave. Okay, bye. And they leave it all behind. And in this particular case, they left medical records there. The Oh, that's no good. Well, here's the thing. Everyone had a number. No one had a name. Everyone had a number. So in the cemetery, they're all buried by a number. You don't know who that is. It's just a number. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. That's very Auschwitz, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? There was another thing um, that I I watched a YouTube video where 
one of, so the hospital now has a dedicated paranormal team that, that does all the investigations and runs tours and stuff, very similar to Tony and Cherie with Phelps. And um, I watched a video of them giving a tour to a group. They would go through and there is, there's just medical records just like strewn on the floor and, and the, the, the cafeteria chairs and tables are still in there. And um, the signs on the wall about uh, no smoking in this section and uh, sexual health posters and, you know, like STDs. And um, the one thing that I thought was really fascinating and actually kind of progressive, but the reason they did it was terrible was they have, um, so, you know, in like an old building, you'll find like a light switch and it's just this like outer protruding box with a pipe, like a, like a, not a pipe, but like a, I don't know, a whatever thing that goes up through the top and it's a light switch, but it's like this outer conduit. conduit. Thank you. Yes. Um, they have these throughout the hospital, uh, but what they are is instead of there being a switch there and instead of there being a plate, it's this open box. And inside is what looks like an old cigarette lighter in a car and a button on the side. So the patients could push the button and then the thing would turn hot, just like in a car, cigarette lighter, and they could light their cigarettes through it with it. And that was the only lighters that they had in the entire hospital. And they did it that way because patients were burning each other with matches. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, but what's to stop a patient from, like, pushing the button and then taking another patient's hand and then, like, shoving their finger in it or... or their face or whatever. Their face or something. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of set back. So, like, really the only body part you could get in it was a finger, but... Yeah, and and so the the guy that was running, um, that was the the head of the paranormal group that that runs the tours and stuff was showing this girl who was filming, and he was like, "Yeah, you just push this button and they could light their cigarettes there." And I'm like, "That's ingenious." And then I thought, "Wait, wait a minute, hang on." They <laughs> <laughs> really wanted to injure somebody that was pissing them off. <laughs> they could find a way with this too. Um, but I'd never heard of anything like that in any other location that we've covered, Arch. I haven't either. Yeah. So that's it. I, I give you a reprieve from the terrible, awful, no good, really bad things of this particular mental institution. And we jump right into the hauntings. So the first thing that um, most places I had looked into said, to it's unique to Eloise, is that the first thing most places that I read said that nobody should ever, ever go alone to investigate this place. And I haven't ever seen that warning on any other location we've ever covered. Hmm. So I was like, really, why? Tell me more. Uh, for one thing, a couple of reasons. It is a massive complex, even with just the five remaining buildings, because the land is still part of the hospital. Right. So it's still 900 and almost 1,000 acres even though most of the buildings are demolished, uh, the cemetery covers a ton, um, but also because of the activity, the volume of activity and the type of activity that's there. Hmm. So in 2018, Arch, when did you say that this place closed? 70, uh, 80? The last burial was in 1979. I think it closed in the early 80s and like the, the actual last building of the hospital was it like 86 or something i think i didn't write that down 
The last, should... the last psychiatric patient to leave Eloise, and this was in 1979. But um, it doesn't mention anything about the hospital closure. Mm, okay, I think it was in the early 80s because there were so many buildings. So I think the last was like the general hospital part of it closed, I think in 85 or 86. Regardless, okay. it's that empty ever since. Obviously, uh, delinquents like you in Michigan were sneaking in. Well, delinquents like you who knew that it existed. Who knew it was there, mm-hmm. yeah. We're sneaking in um, <laughs> to check I it out. I knew it was there. I might have saved a couple of, uh, a couple of problems. <laughs> well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of abandoned buildings in Detroit. I mean, that was a big, has been a big issue with Devil's Night and stuff. You know, people going into the abandoned houses and setting them on fire or abandoned buildings. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it's a big, I don't know how much of a problem it is now, but it was when I lived there. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was when I lived there too. Um, So much so that um, people adopted the term angels night so that people, civilians would parole the streets the night before Halloween just to make sure that the police force was supported so they could report suspicious activity of people burning down abandoned houses. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of them in Detroit. So um, like they're demolishing basically like whole street bowls. Mm -hmm. um, They started finally getting around to demolishing some of the buildings. um, Yeah. They're not there to burn anymore. So that's good. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, Which also coincidentally is leading to a revitalization of Detroit. So these, these, yeah, these hipsters and people are moving in and they're taking over all the land from these abandoned houses and turning them into co-ops and local farmlands and... Piggeries. Mm-hmm, piggeries. Piggeries. (laughs) (laughs) One can only hope. So. It's, it's, I think, I hope, I pray, Detroit is finally turning around because it's a beautiful city. And some of those old homes are, I mean, they're gorgeous. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. There's so many beautiful homes and um, buildings and architecture in Detroit. It's it's really yes, sad when that it, stuff is getting burned down because it's Yeah, it's, it's something city. to behold. Mm-hmm. So many beautiful buildings have been lost, but... But this isn't a Detroit podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we love you, Detroit. This episode is a Detroit podcast. It's fine. (laughs) I'm just kind of surprised more fires weren't started in that asylum or that, you know, that that's kind of where I was going with that is that I'm surprised that more of the asylum to Mm -hmm. the and stuff like that. It looked like it'd be a prime target. You would think, but it's, I mean, it was so far out of city center. So. Really? I mean, yeah. at the time, or like, because it at sounds like time. now it's dead center in the middle of the city. Well, no, it's. Or I could be totally wrong. It's still pretty rural at this point, but it's just like, like Merriman and I 94 is where you enter the airport for Detroit Metro. I've been and to that airport. I know. That's about <laughs> as much as I know about Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely airport. And thumbs up. And Michigan Ave is like two or three miles north of that. It's not very far, but there's so much green space mm, okay. that it feels like it's still pretty rural, even though, I mean, there's a Kroger right there at the corner. But okay. I'm sorry, please continue. 
Oh, no, I mean, look how excited Archie is. <laughs> <laughs> he really um, likes the Kroger. I, I, it's just, it's someplace I've been. I'm very excited. I had a friend who worked there. <laughs> and yet, still, no idea of this place. <laughs> it's one thing you haven't seen the movie, Archie, but to just drive by it a hundred times and not know it was there. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I just wanted to, uh, talk a little bit about when it closed and, you know, all the people that snuck in that were not Archie. The first paranormal investigation was only allowed to happen in 2018. The first legitimate paranormal investigation. Anybody else that went there prior to that went there illegally trespassing the whole, the whole bit. What cool kids do. Archie's looking at me like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) So, visitors have reported odd occurrences on the hospital grounds for years after it was closed. But what's interesting, or what I thought was interesting, was that from about the 1940s to the 1970s, most former patients and staff kept many of their paranormal experiences quiet. It was only after it closed and people started to sneak in and poke around and have uh, their own experiences, the story started to get told. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I used to work there. Or, oh, yes, I was a patient there. Um, that other stories started started to get told. And then the, the paranormal um, memories, if you will, started to increase. Um, one thing that I found in most every article is that it's been described as an evil place. Which... Surprised me because compared to some of the other locations that we've done, this place wasn't actually that, that bad. Yeah, this place is pretty tame comparatively. Comparatively, yes. But um, it is the one place that most everybody that's been there has described it as evil or there that it has an evil uh, component to it or parts of it are evil. Uh, granted, it's only the five buildings now, but... It had 78 buildings at the time. And if you think about, you know, uh, mouthy wives were getting sent there. People that drank <laughs> bad whiskey were getting sent there. Truant kids were getting sent. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I thought that was really interesting that it was mostly described as having an evil uh, paranormal reputation. And that everybody says, don't go there by yourself which is always a good rule of thumb. It's certainly something that was taught to me in the very beginning of my paranormal investigator training and something that I um, I strictly advise everybody, don't go to a location by yourself. Paranormal investigators have conducted numerous investigations on the grounds since 2018, because I feel like once they said, okay, you can come and investigate, then it was just like a fucking like huge line of people waiting to investigate this place. <laughs> um, there is um, the spirit of a woman wearing white that is often seen on the upper floors um, and the roof. This one I don't love, uh, but the pitter patter of children's feet is often heard running through the halls along with the sounds of children crying, have been captured um, on EVPs and heard. Now, Arch, do you remember what kind of EVP that is? The class of EVP that is. If you hear it and you catch it, what is it? Classic? Uh, Close. Laura, do you know? Extra special. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Both of you are right. Uh, it's called a class A EVP. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, class A EVPs are ones that you do hear and you also capture on a recording. So um, others have claimed to hear moaning, screams, and roars throughout the grounds, which stands to reason, like that, that, that tracks. Um, a lot of people, I mean, believe that they are the souls of tormented patients. There are a lot of reports of heavy footsteps, shower curtains moving, and doors slamming. Uh, I have heard these very same things from Phelps. Um, with the exception of the shower curtains moving. I think that would creep me out to like hear a shower curtain moving in a room and there's no shower curtain fucking hanging there. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Investigators have been touched. Been there, done that, don't love it. Uh, (laughs) Furniture in the building moves. Figures um, are consistently captured on the SLS, which I had um, recapped in a a couple of episodes ago. It's that, um, that camera that does the stick figures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, One group, actually, I watched this video. One group captured a figure sitting on the SLS, a figure sitting at a cafe style table in the dining room. And it like was crossing its legs and put its arm on the table. I was like, what the fuck? Also, by the way, Laura, you were going to watch that Ghost uh, Ghost Adventures episode of the Yuma Territorial Jail. Did you watch that yet? I haven't yet, no. Okay, that's your homework for the next episode. Right. You need to report it, back. It was Christmas, you know. I did have stuff to do. Are you saying that ghosts are not Christmas there? <laughs> I mean... I mean, ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas <laughs> present. Come listen, on. Listen, Charles, take it down to not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will, I will watch it. I will watch it. Okay, shut up, Chuck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, another documentary that I had watched, the owner, the current owner, was walking down the hallway and heard this loud banging noise. Nobody else was there except for him and a couple of other people who actually were standing right next to him. So they heard this loud banging noise like down the hall from where they were at. And they were like, are we the only ones here? And he's like, mm, yeah, we are. So that's always jarring. Number of paranormal investigators can actually feel the intensity of the energy there as soon as they walk in. And I feel like, I mean, I know that I have, I know that Archie has, and Laura, I, I mean, have you ever like walked into a building and been like, yeah, there's something not kosher here. Like this is just feels weird being in this room or building or whatever. Not because it was like a haunted location. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've walked into like places and been like, I don't, it doesn't feel like you get like a gut feeling like mm, something doesn't, you know, feels off or right. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. yeah. So many people that have been there agree that there seems to be um, activity there that can significantly affect technology. Uh, there have been disembodied, there's Archie's favorite word. <laughs> I'm sorry. My favorite word has been replaced with piggery. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have no hauntings regarding the piggery. Um, there are not even any pig snorts in my haunting portion. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, well, have a good night. I'm out. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, disembodied voices recorded, rushes of energy going through you. Um, I have yet to experience that. I'm sure in my future as an investigator, I will. Not looking forward to it. I can imagine how 
creeptacular that is. Um, and this, here's the thing, is, is these occurrences don't seem to be contained to one building or one section or one floor or one room, but they're kind of fucking everywhere. So full-body apparitions have been reported, shadow figures seen and captured on camera, and apparently, oh God, I don't even want to say it. It just creeps me out. Apparently, there is a negative entity in the basement called the Creeper. So just about everybody agrees it's a negative energy down there. And it feels like whatever is down there is inhuman. Uh, I'm going to throw it. This entity, it has claw-like fingers and it crawls on the floor and the ceilings. Archie, do you want to tell people how I feel about that kind of garbage? Uh, (laughs) I think you just summed it up with... (laughs) I fucking hate that. I hate that. Crawling? No. No, it's just terrifying. Um... There was a group that had captured an entity crawling on the ceiling at Phelps with the SLS. And I felt so betrayed. I was like, <laughs> my, my beloved hospital has one of those. No. Yuck. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even deal with it. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I think that um, humans that are disjointed enough or double jointed enough, I guess is the correct word that can crab crab crawl? Yeah. crab walk yeah Mm-mm. no gross <laughs> koi is double jointed in his fingers and he can like bend them in like weird ways and i'm like if you don't stop i'm going to give you up for adoption i don't care <laughs> get the fuck out of here i hate that koi can also like move one eye so like he'll be looking at you and like this eye's looking at you and this eye's going like woohoo over here i'm like Who's kidding you? Are you possessed? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I hate it. So anyway, uh, one woman that I had uh, watched a video of, her great-grandfather had been there for 15 years. And she oh. went back to investigate the place. So kind of like, you know, oh, me and Phelps, my grandma had her babies there. And uh, when she went there, however, it wasn't as lovely as my visit um, to Phelps. Uh, she heard and her group heard growling at them from the basement. Uh, They did a quick scan to see if a dog or some other kind of animal had gotten in and nothing was down there. So that's Hmm. not, that's not great (laughs) at all. The owner uh, on the episode of destination fear said, quote, if you're going alone, if you're going to be alone, no, he didn't say anything like that. He said, you're not going to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) There are things here, and some of them do not have the best intentions. Cool. Let me in. (laughs) Although, I would go in. Like, I'm trained (laughs) to be like, all right, I guess I just got to go in. This does make me want to go in there alone. Like, all the don't go in alone, I'm like, I absolutely want to go in alone now. Yeah, I, yeah, Laura and I are very much alike in that if you Mm -hmm. tell us not to do something, like, that's what we're going to do, and we're going to take fucking pictures. (laughs) Right. right. Just make sure you have recording equipment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, other people have said that it feels like a lot of the spirits like to play mind games. They they tend to play off of your fears, which that is another thing that I have I have learned in my training as a paranormal investigator is that there are 
not necessarily malevolent entities, but one that are maybe tricksters or that like the one that that's at Phelps, they, they, if they know that you're scared, they're going to try to scare you. It's just sort of one of those, one of those things. Another thing that tends to happen there, and I think Archie, you and I have covered a location that also has had this happen and I wasn't a huge fan, is that walkie talkies go off and it sounds like say, um, me telling Archie, radioing to Archie over it, saying, hey Arch, I need you down in the cafeteria or the basement or the rec room or whatever, except that it's not me because I don't have a walkie talkie, but the spirits, can manipulate that energy and mimic my voice. Hmm. And there have been a number of paranormal locations where this has happened. And maybe the voice has come through on um, the spirit box or an EVP, and it sounds like me or Archie or you, but it isn't any one of us. That terrifies me. That's a level of an intelligent haunting that is way beyond the training I've gone through so far. <laughs> like, I can't even. That is something that I think is really, really terrifying, that it could mimic somebody in, in your group and, and, and gain your trust in a, in a false way. What are your thoughts on that, Archie? I think that's really interesting. It's kind of scary, right? It's scary, yes. Interesting also, just the fact that just just that i mean that they can do that or that just... they can do that is it, it's kind of mind-boggling to me and Wouldn't it's a little sinister you? yeah sinister that's such a great word what about you laura yeah it sounds like some like poltergeist movie type level of shit you know mm-hmm. like yeah to be able to mimic somebody's voice you know and like trick people I, it, yeah i don't um Again, I, I always expect these different things that I talk about in, in this podcast to happen to me eventually one day. I don't want them to, but um, I hope that I'm mindful of some of this stuff that we talk about in that moment where, you know, when the investigation's over, I'm going to be like, dude, Laura, you fucking just called me on the walkie-talkie and you're in Phoenix and I'm over here in West Virginia or, you know, whatever. I just, I think that is very sinister, Archie. I love that word. I love that word. Obviously the word of the day is piggery, but sinister, <laughs> sinister is, is, is good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't love this. Um, I mean, obviously it's designed to fuck with you. It so, is. And that kind of goes, that goes back to a lot of the people that say that they, it feels like the entities there are trying to play mind games with you mm. and play and evil. Your fear. and evil. Yes. Like they're um, trying to lure you somewhere or something. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And that's the, that's the dangerous thing when you're a paranormal investigator is that you need to follow that shit. Follow the sound, follow the noise, follow the shadow, follow this, follow the orb. Don't go by yourself because <laughs> it might be leading you into some kind of crazy, awful, horrible stuff. But yeah, uh, yuck. That's all I can say is... <laughs> <laughs> I love how concise that was. <laughs> I mean, right? Carrie, what are your thoughts? <laughs> so another com- another common thing is almost instant battery drainage of equipment is common. Um, photos have captured. Uh, okay, sorry. I I will repeat that in a second. 
Um, Archie, this is where the EVPs and the photographs come in. Laura, I'm sending you these two pictures. And Archie, you have the same two pictures. So I want you guys to take a look at them. And uh, the first picture is going to be in the cafeteria dining room. I want you guys to look at it and tell me what you see. Well, it does look like there's somebody sitting there. That the picture with the red table legs? Yes. Yep, I see. I see what you're talking about where it looks like somebody's sitting there. Kind of by the window? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that was a shadow figure that um, the Detroit, I'm so sorry, you guys, I'm sure they're listening because, you know, uh, the Detroit Paranormal Expedition Team, they are the resident paranormal investigation team that investigates Eloise and takes others on tours. Um, They captured this, uh, and it was, when they took the picture, nobody was there, but when the film developed, there was a shadow figure in the picture in like one of the cafeterias. So take a look at the second picture and tell me what you guys see. Peeling paint. Right. (laughs) Disarray. Big green green posts, broken wood. What do you guys see to the right of the big green post? Is that like a reflection or an orb? Are you talking about the bright light? Yeah. That's an actual light. Okay. But there's something in between the big green post and the bright light. Is that like this little face looking thing down here? It's a little bit north of the light. Above the light? Yeah. It just looks like a squarish shadow. Mm-hmm. Do you see any sort of clothing on it? Maybe a medical jacket? Oh, now that you say that, yeah, it does kind of look like a medical jacket. Yeah, I guess, but to, to me, it just looks like an affect of the, the light that's mm-hmm. right there. I think it but, yeah. but what would cause the shadows on, like, what, okay, so let's assume that this is what the, what is being called a, do, a ghost of a doctor. And so you see the, the jacket. If it's just an effect of the light, What's causing the shadow around what would be the hair on this thing in the photo? Well, if it's the light, wouldn't that shadow not be there? Unless there's an alternative light source. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, just based on a picture. Hmm. Because it's because there's there's more lights. If you look to the left, you can see that there's like mm-hmm. more lights. So you can't really see where everything is coming. There could be some over to the side or some sort of reflection off something. I mean, it's possibly explainable. Pretty it easy. is possibly explainable. It's interesting, though, however, that if you look at some of the um, things in this photograph, now this photograph was taken in the basement of the asylum. Um, now you have the, the big green pillar. This photograph, actually, from all the things that I have read, this is the most controversial photo. Everybody seems to think that the first one I showed you, that's like the light and it's very clearly a shadow. Something is sitting there. Nobody was there when they took that photo with the red chairs and and the tables. This one is a little bit more, causes a bit more discussion. Um, It does look like, to me, uh, a medical jacket. 
or a jacket of some sort. Like you can almost see like the collars coming together and kind of buttoning. Um, you can kind of make out a face. There is the dark area there of hair. Um, so uh, to the Detroit paranormal expeditions, um, they caught this. There was nobody standing there. That light is actually a light source in the basement. Um, but when they took this picture and they looked at it, there was this what appears to be some sort of a translucent figure. Now, they do admit this picture is blurry. It is, it's not, I mean, it was taken with a cell phone. So you know how those pictures can sometimes take, you know, sometimes they're blurry. Like, Laura, you took a bunch of pictures of Rachel in the lab at Phelps Dodge that were oddly blurry, but when you took them, they were fine. Mm -hmm. So... I I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not quite to the point where I feel like this can be debunked because yes, there are additional light sources, but that, that part that looks like hair, granted, it does look like a square head. That'll give you. I was going to say it's a very square head if it's a head at all. But if the picture was being taken as like, you know how like iPhones do like that live shit. If the picture was taken with a live lens on it, Maybe it was being moved or maybe the end. I don't know. I just, I'm not willing to debunk this as a trick of the light. I'm also not willing to go as far as saying they captured an entity, but it is a very compelling picture. And we will put it up on our social media for everybody to, um, you know, have their say at. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, next thing, Laura. <laughs> I feel like the guinea pig. <laughs> You are so the guinea pig. Yeah, really. You are, but you're, a, you're an adorable guinea pig. Um, but you are the guinea pig. So let me send you some EVPs. Archie, you have listened to these or are you just I, now? I haven't listened to them yet. Oh, yay. You guys are going to listen to them together. Okay. So, all right. Um, I'm going to pause the recording. Sorry. I thought I clicked mute. <laughs> I'm going to pause the recording five seconds ago and um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pause the recording here. I'm going to send Archie and Laura the EVPs. We are going to lay them down in the episode so you guys can all hear them. Um, They do come from and were captured by the Detroit Paranormal Expedition, Um, but I'm going to have them listen to them and then we will be right back with their assessments. Hang on real quick. so that's the first one um do you guys hear anything in that one do you remember that one i don't really hear anything you don't i didn't Mm -hmm. didn't hear anything in all three okay so if you listen to it with headphones on silence like obviously not through a phone through a microphone through zoom Um, (laughs) um, you can hear a voice as she's speaking whisper what sounds like lost bitch and it whispers it and it's different from the voices you hear in the EVP so I'm going to play it again and you guys let me know like if you can pick that up I'm probably going to go out Nothing. 
Nothing. Uh, <clears throat> it's lost whisper and then beat, beat, bitch whisper. Mm -hmm. But I only heard that because you told me what to listen for. Right. So that could be a matrix, matrixing kind of thing. The next one, uh, let me play the next one. This is the five second clip. Are you crazy? See that one I hear more of, I can't make it out what it is, but you can hear, I don't know, something after she asked that, right? Like almost immediately after she asked mm -hmm. it, you hear something. Arch, what, do you, mm -hmm. what about you? It just sounds like someone's breathing. Okay. So in this one, it on Detroit Paranormal Expeditions, the first one they've titled Lost dot 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 bitch. This one they have titled Are You Crazy? So you hear the investigator ask, Are you crazy? And I'm gonna play it again because there is a oh and it's immediate. It's almost as soon as she asks it, you hear a mm mm. So hang on. Are you crazy? This is titled, Are You Crazy? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, maybe. I hear the yeah. That's Perfect. that immediate answer. Right. That I can hear them. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't hear the maybe, but I definitely hear the yeah afterward. And it does sound kind of far away from her. It does sound, um, and I, I, I don't know the, the scenario that was she was in when she was recording this. I don't know if she was by herself. I don't, I don't know any of that. That is, is actually quite pertinent when you're recording an EVP. I'm sorry, Tater, are we interrupting you? <laughs> Guys, that's a bingo square. Mark it off. Um, <laughs> this, this last EVP is a dog on a squeak toy. Can you hear this? Okay. This last one I'm going to play, this isn't vocal. I mean, it's not a, like a word. It's not words. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard it. Tater, seriously. Oh, my God. It sounds like a squeak toy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Proof. Ah, Laura, are you so skeptic? <laughs> I totally believe now. Yep. She's a believer. All right. Uh, let me see if you can figure this one out. That one sounds like a toilet flushing. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> but am I? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there was a toilet flushing somewhere when that was recorded. <laughs> Arch, what about you? Do you hear anything in that? I hear the static. Yes. But then also, since I'm clouded by Doctor Who, I also kind of heard the silence speaking. But oh, I couldn't, I couldn't make out what was being said. So it's it it, it sounds this way to me. And again, I, I I'm gonna ask you guys to put on your like earbuds or whatever you listen to music on and re-listen to these. But it's a woman humming. So it's just the EVP recorder running. So that's the static you hear. But then you do hear this female humming. I think. It doesn't work very well if you're just listening through the speakers of your phone. I really, I like, I had to put these headphones on or actually Koi's beats on and be like, and it blocked out all extraneous noise and then I could hear it. 
What do you think? It just sounds like street noise to me. Really? Okay. I could finally I could finally hear it when again when I was told what to listen for. Yeah. But it sounds like high pitched car exhaust down the down the road. Okay, but think about like you've mapped this place out. Like the road is not like right up against wherever any point of this building. So car exhaust. Oh, for for Eloise. Yeah. Yeah, it's right by Michigan Ave. Sure, it's right by Michigan Ave. But for that kind of high pitched car exhaust, that would have to be driving through like the hallway. I would think. No, not necessarily. <laughs> how far away how, or how close does the road need to be for you to hear that kind of exhaust? Like, we hear cars go by my house all the time, but they're literally like 10 feet from where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. So that's heard. But I know that those roads, including Michigan Avenue, are not 10 feet from any room in that building. Oh, well, no. They're at least 30. Okay, so... And we are 30 to 40 from that and I can hear it in my bedroom. Yeah, I think it depends on like are there open windows, you know, like are there I would imagine there are some broken open windows in this building, yeah, for sure. And, right? Yeah. So if you're right by one and you know somebody drives by with a crappy car, I mean or and purposely loud car mm-hmm. as so many people do. All right. I hear the humming. I mm-hmm. I hear the nuance of a a female humming. And I, I don't think that cars ever sound like a woman humming. But this, to me, does. So, I, I definitely... Hear, I heard ear slaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a ghost dog in this place, and her name is Leia. <laughs> so, anyway, we will lay all of these down. Guys, listen to them. Um, I, like I said, I... I recommend listening to them without any sort of extraneous noise that you guys might be experiencing and kind of focus on it. Um, Yes, I readily admit there is a thing called matrixing, which if you are told this is what it sounds like, that's what your brain is going to be like. I'm listening for a woman humming. Ah, now I hear it kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. Right. It's that's actually, that's legit. So in my closing... It, it, it still floors me that seasoned investigators don't like to be in this place by themselves. But in my closing, I do want to say that, Archie, did you come across any article that mentioned the sale of the property? Don't look up it. Don't look it up now. <laughs> cheater, cheater. Um, I probably did. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't record it. I just wanted, there was so much information to take in. I wanted to keep it. The history was deep, deep, deep. Yeah. Yeah. So the property has been sold to a developer by Wayne County for the fucking insane price of, do you guys want to guess? Guess. Come on. A dollar. (laughs) Laura, what's your guess? Uh, I don't know. 10,000. Archie wins with $1. Wow. Literally one dollar it was sold for. You yeah. read that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> cheating. You could have let me have my fucking he, moment. He price righted me out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except I was spot on and I <laughs> went a thousand dollars and a spot in the showcase showdown. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the 90- Fuck you and Bob Barker. <laughs> right. And the ninety-five percent tax on whatever you won. <laughs> um, <laughs> so apparently 
the county had been chopping the land for a couple of years prior to the, the agreement not that long ago. Um, so the complex needs about four to five million in environmental rehabilitation. Yeah. According to the assistant county executive Khalil Rahel, I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry, I'm sure he's listening. Wayne County will actually save about $375,000 per year with this agreement, with most of the costs stemming from maintenance and security. Not shocking. Um, the agreement also locks in a, could you do something with that little guy? <laughs> so anyway, the assistant county executive, uh, Wayne County will uh, save about $375,000 per year with this agreement with most of the costs stemming from maintenance and security. The agreement actually also locks in a $20 million investment, which includes a plan to demolish dilapidated buildings that the county would otherwise have had to pay for. So, obviously, the county sees this as a bargain. Um, The assistant county executive stated that, quote, we're following through on a plan we we began when we took office. And he's referring to the county's plan to reduce its real estate portfolio by finding productive uses for excessive assets or whatever. Um, The plan is also in line with the county's vision for a Michigan Avenue corridor. He says, we really believe Michigan Avenue from downtown Corktown to Dearborn, Westland to Ann Arbor is one of the keys to the area and our recovery plan. So, adios, Eloise. Um, Mm. So what is happening with the existing property is that the county said that most of the properties will likely be demolished, the remaining. So there's five buildings on the property. Those will likely be demolished, including the... um, the power, uh, the power and former Wayne County Prosecutor Building, which I guess was housed there for a time. Um, the poor piggery. Oh, yeah. Um, the cemetery at Eloise will not be removed and will be preserved because there was a massive uproar of families of the patients that live there that were like, mm, no. Granted, we don't. We know that our family member was there and died there and is buried there. There are a number we don't know, but the graves will not be disturbed. Yeah, they've, they've seen Poltergeist. They know. They know. <laughs> um, now, the K Beard building will actually not be demolished, and the historic markers will remain on the property, which I think is really, really lovely. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, the, the lead investigator for the Detroit um, Paranormal Expedition had, on the Grave Talk, said that he really hates to see, and I kind of agree with this, he really hates to see old historic buildings like this just be demolished and not repurposed in some way. Granted, if you make it a senior living play, like it's still haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Like the ghosts are still there. Uh, But I definitely do think that don't eat my notes. Leia's chewing on my notes. Uh, (laughs) I definitely think that they should preserve it in some way. Is that you? (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) My dogs, dogs are have done. taken over the podcast. The dogs have, yes, the interns have are running the asylum. Asylum. asylum yeah, that was you that will. was your, that, that was your three minute warning. <laughs> that was my three minute warning. Thank you, Chewbacca Tater. She's eating my notes. They're done. Um, the piggery has spoken. Um, anyway, I have no no Chewbacca. I have no. 
before you go, because like I said, it's being demolished. <laughs> that is the no before you go. That is the no before, it's being demolished. Chewy, right. Chewy, stop it, Chewy, Chewy, stop it. Um, anyway, no, no before you go, because like I said, it's being demolished. But this one actually ended up being a, a secret surprise, because like I mentioned in the beginning, I went through all my usual sources and came, came up kind of dry and was like, what the hell? But um, this one ended up being quite a ghostly treat. So uh, lesson learned for me. Just keep digging because, you know, if it's reported to be haunted, then it probably is haunted. And I just got to look a little harder. So anyway, what are your thoughts, guys? Laura, what do you think about Eloise Asylum? Um, I think it's interesting. Everybody thinks it's evil. Um, but there really doesn't seem to be anything in the reports of that really substantiate that, right? Um, maybe I mean, besides the, like the crawler, the creeper, that's pretty yeah. terrible. But that could just be because there's like it's creepy down there. You know that people got lobotomies. You know, like like you go into a place like that. I think you're gonna. The power of you suggestion's are pretty hard, you know? Uh, yeah. There's but... brain matter scattered about, you know? It's going to kind of creep you out already. <laughs> or it should. It really should. If it doesn't, then you have problems and should probably right. seek your own mental health. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't... There's a couple interesting, those photographs, you know, that you can debate on. I do. I like that. I really do like that. I like a, a, that that did spark some healthy debate and um we'll, we will put those on our social media courtesy of the detroit paranormal expeditions um because we certainly don't want to get sued uh for our tens of <laughs> patreon dollars uh but arch what are, what are your thoughts i still can't believe i've driven past this place a hundred times <laughs> i never knew it was there especially because it was so fucking huge yeah like, yeah exactly yeah. the i mean a thousand acres no that's an and at the time the township was known by a different name, which, oh. when you look at Google Maps, because I am such a fucking map geek, map. there's a hardware store northeast of the location that has the old township name. Like, why would something be named that? It's like, oh, well. Well, I mean, it didn't it have like a big giant smokestack. I think at one point I saw a picture of an old smokestack that said like Eloise down the like. I I didn't recall coming across a picture like that. I really think the biggest mystery is how Archie didn't know this fucking place existed. Yeah. I will have to say in his defense, there's a lot of abandoned manufacturing places, you know. Okay. And and then around Detroit because, you know, they used to make a lot of cars there and share parts and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, there are those places and some of them have been demolished and a lot of them are just sitting empty. So, and are not as interesting as an asylum. Although that, you know what? I feel like they they could be, I mean, you know, Carmack manufacturing plants are bound to have some deaths and injuries. Very true. God, I'm morbid. You're right, mom. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I gave up your I gave up yours. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> anyway, guys, that is what we have on Eloise Asylum. We will be back uh, next week with a brand new location. I think you guys are going to really like this one. It kind of blends a little true crimey with the hauntings, which you know I love. And um, yeah, this time I think, should we have Laura close us out and tell the folks where they can find us? Or is that not fair quite yet? I don't think it's fair yet. I'm all Facebook. Where else? 
History of a Haunting. Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Twitter. On Twitter. We're Patreon. twatting. We twit. We twat. <laughs> <laughs> we've twatted. <laughs> we, we've been known to show our twats. <laughs> our twats have thoughts. <laughs> oh my god oh um, yeah wow. stop her Archie, take, Archie make her stop take it away where can they where can they find us Archie's like no I can't I'm drinking <laughs> it's like on that note <laughs> also, we can be found anywhere you enjoy your favorite podcasts also all over social media Patreon hey, okay I'm confused. Okay, thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, guys. We will see you next week. And um, we, we make no promises that we'll get it together by then. Anyway, we love you. And as always, Archie, let them know they got to stay safe out there because they never know who or what is listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.